Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And good morning to you, because I am recording this video and doing it live for those that are watching it live. I'm doing it on a Monday morning. And I want to say thank you for checking this out, taking the time out of your day, even of the night, uh, to check out this video. Uh, I wanted to go ahead and get ahead of the curve. Because I know that my inbox and my emails are going to be flooded with this question. So I just thought that, hey, what the heck? I might as well go ahead and, and talk about it. Should the New Orleans Saints sign Leonard Fournette? Now, for those that are wondering, why am I talking about Leonard Fournette? You probably didn't find out because, I mean, uh, this story actually came out less than an hour ago. Okay. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars have decided uh, to move on from running back Leonard Fournette. Uh, Leonard Fournette was the fourth pick uh, in the draft, I think, back in 2017, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, we know he came out of LSU. Uh, for those that follow the LSU Tigers, uh, you know, the Saints and the LSU Tigers are kind of conjoined. I mean, you rarely ever see somebody that's a fan of the Saints and not a fan of the LSU Tigers. But we know that he comes from New Orleans, man. He's a New Orleans native. Uh, he graduated from St. Aug. Uh, Shouts out to all the Purple Knights out there. You know what I'm saying? I'm marching 100. Y'all know how I go. Uh, you know, I mean, he has had an up-and-down career. Uh, it, it's not a surprise to me that the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, did decide to trade, I mean, to uh, release him. Uh, it's not a surprise to me at all. And um, before I, I, you know, start to get into why I feel that way, I just want to give a special shout out to everybody in the chat that's following in. I see uh, Maria here, Leo, uh, Shamika, uh, Bucks, uh, Mike, you know, special shout out to you guys. But to answer your question, do I feel like the New Orleans Saints need to sign Leonard Fournette? Absolutely not. Okay, absolutely not. Look who that nation. I'm, I'm just going to be honest with some of you out there. We need to act like we need to stop acting like we're desperate. Okay. Like it just seems to me like every time a, a free agent with a name, anytime a, a, a young rookie coming out of college with a name, we want the Saints to go out there and move heaven and earth to sign those guys. I mean, it's just the truth. We are so desperate in a Huda Nation. And we're not acting as if we are the same team that have won more games than any other team in the NFL over the past three seasons. This isn't like we're talking about a New Orleans Saints team that's seven and nine or eight and eight for the last couple of years. The Saints have went 13 and three in consecutive years, and then they went 12 and four. So for all those people out there that are complaining and talking about the New Orleans Saints and talking about how they need to sign this person and that person, man, like really, like seriously. Like, it's not even that necessary. It's not even that deep. And, look, I get it, man. You want the Saints to maximize their potential. You want to make sure that they dot every I and cross every T. But that's not how football works. That's not the reality of things. The reality is you're going to be strong on one side of the ball. You're probably not going to be as strong on the other side of the ball because there is a such thing as a salary cap. And you have to make sure that you actually put in a plan in place to make sure that you have the right players and keep those guys that are core guys. Notice I said core guys because I'm about to transition in, into really why I feel like the New Orleans Saints should never, ever touch Leonard Fournette. 
I have a lot of respect for Leonard Fournette as far as, you know what I'm saying, his upside, his skill, and his ability. But I don't respect Leonard Fournette about the way that he has carried himself from the time he was in college to the, t- to the time, you know, he has been in the pros. Leonard Fournette has been lazy. He has been lazy. He has been disrespectful. Uh, he has been a guy that has been a team killer. He has been one of the main reasons why the Jacksonville Jaguars have not been back to the AFC championship game uh, since they played the game against the New England Patriots. And like I said, I know a lot of people out there, you probably know Leonard Fournette personally. You probably know him. You probably seen him walking around. You probably seen him grow up and you probably have an emotional investment in. But I do have a problem with people that have all the talent and ability and skill in the world and they don't utilize it. You look at somebody like Leonard Fournette. I mean, this guy's like six foot one, six two, about two hundred and forty pounds. This guy has not been in shape since he's been in the league. He has not really lived up to the expectations. I mean, you're a fourth pick in the draft, and 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 he has not done what a lot of people would think that he would do. Like when you think about the top running backs in the National Football League, he's nowhere in the conversation, and it's sad because. He has been one of those guys that have been the topic of conversation coming out of college to be the next Adrian Peterson. And when you look at somebody like Adrian Peterson, the fact that Adrian Peterson came out of Oklahoma and was arguably one of the best running backs we've seen in years. And he not only lived up to expectations, but he exceeded expectations. That guy is a, he's a leader. That guy is a, a guy that you can say, man, that's the type of running back I would want my son to be like if he plays sports. That's the type of running back I would aspire to be if I play that position. I don't get that from Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette has phoned in a lot of games. Leonard Fournette, I, I can go back to the time at LSU when they played in games against like Alabama. And it was Derrick Henry on one side for the University of Alabama. And it was Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette made a lot of business decisions in college. And he made a lot of business decisions in the pros, too. Uh, I just feel like he just wouldn't be a good fit, okay? And and I feel there's a such thing as uh, you need locker room leaders, you need locker room peace, so to speak, okay? You need guys in the locker room that are are good core guys that you don't have to worry about that are going to be in the news, uh, that are going to be causing division inside of the locker room. And that's what I get out of Leonard Fournette. And look, I know Leonard Fournette, he is just as talented as all the other running backs in the league that are being mentioned, the McCaffreys, the Derrick Henrys, the Alvin Kamaras, the, the Ezekiel Elliotts. He he is that type of talent, okay? He deserves to be in the upper echelon, you know what I'm saying? I will even throw Saquon Barkley up in there as well. But he has not lived up to expectations. And people can get mad all they want, want to about, you know, what I'm saying, but don't take my word for it. Just go look at the timeline. Go look at the timeline. But I'll say it again, and I, I'm saying it with my whole chest. We need to stop acting like we desperate in a who that nation. Every time somebody goes out and get cut, somebody get released, some free agent with a name, all of a sudden we need to sign them. We need to sign them. Like, come on, man, the Saints are 13 and 3. Knock it off. The Saints only just needed a few pieces in place in order for them to get over that hump. And a lot of the time where the Saints couldn't get over the hump, some of the guys that are coming back this season weren't there. There was no Sheldon Rankins. There was no Marcus Davenport. 
that's why, you know what I'm saying, I don't understand the fact about us trying to go out here and get Jadavia and Clowney, trying to get all these other free agents out here who we don't have the money for. And if you follow something I like to call a salary cap, we won't even be having these type of conversations. A lot of you probably play Madden and you probably turn the salary cap off so you can get whoever the hell you want. But it don't work like that in the, in the real world, in the real National Football League. There's a salary cap. And how can you fix your list to say, oh, the Saints need to go out here and get this guy when my my inbox and my, uh, you know what I'm saying, my 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 emails have been flooded with, are we going to sign Ramchick? Are we going to sign Williams? Are we going to sign Kamara? Are we going to sign Lattimore? So think about that the next time we're having these type of conversations. But absolutely not. I would not sign Leonard Fournette. He is not my cup of tea. And uh, I, I feel like this should be a wake-up call to him and realize that, you know, the NFL, you know, there is a abbreviation out there, and it stands for not for loan. And uh, Leonard Fournette, I mean, he's trying to make it off what he did at LSU. But the reality is, man, you know, nobody gives a damn what you do, uh, you know, when you come to the NFL. Nobody cares what you did when you were in college. But if you want to be honest with yourself, you know, Leonard Fournette, he did show flashes on the field, but he wasn't just this super dominant uh, running back in college. I mean, yeah, he had, I mean, he was, he ran over Ole Miss, okay, but who doesn't run over Ole Miss? You know what I'm saying? What, where were you when the games mattered most? You know, where were you when your team actually needed you in some of these bowl games? And I understand, I know what some people are going to say, well, you know what I'm saying, he had to think about his, his future with the draft and everything like that, but you know, sometimes uh, you have to look at players and some of their actions, you know, it, it can kind of tell you uh, what type of player they're going to be in the future, okay? It'll, it'll tell you what type of player they're going to be in the NFL. I don't think it's a it's a coincidence that people like Jadavion Clowney, who for some apparent reason Saints fans want, uh, this guy in South Carolina phoned it in a lot of games, and all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying, you look at him in the NFL – I mean, what are you, about four or five years into it, and he's still out there on the open market. I mean, sometimes, you know, we we look at certain stories and we, like, see guys sitting out and we see guys, you know what I'm saying, missing games, and we just think, oh, man, you know, they're just making business decisions. But, I mean, just look at it. Proof is in the pudding sometimes. I'll go ahead and I'll read some of the chat here. Uh, Mike says, uh, Watch Tampa, though. I could see them uh, getting – yeah, I can see them going there. I can. I already mentioned that on Twitter, as a matter of fact. I just put that. I said Seattle. I said I can see him in Seattle, or I can see him, uh, you know, I can see him in Tampa. I did mention that. Uh, Mark says Kamara was always able to catch uh, DB slipping. Yeah, man, Alvin Kamara is a beast. I'm sorry my hand in the way, folks, but I'm using my phone, so – Let's see. Uh, it's all about entertainment. The Saints should have stacked the deck and signed the man. I totally disagree with that. But, I mean, you're entitled to your opinion, you know. I mean, what, what, why would the Saints end up getting a guy for the last couple of seasons been hurt? Why would the Saints go out here and get a guy who can't control his emotions and, you know what I'm saying, and, and getting into fist fights and getting suspended? Why would the Saints want to get a guy who constantly shows up late to, uh, to practice? Why would a guy, you know what I'm saying, why would the Saints want to go out here and get a guy who puts himself first and not the team first? Why? Why? I'm just, I'm just saying because what he did in college or oh, because he can be dominant. Well, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, 
I got this hand sanitizer right here. I can't push this button right here and access hand sanitizer, but I won't right now because I don't have to. So, I mean, we're we're doing this basically on on, on uh, potential. And right now, I have to, I hate to say it, man. Leonard Fournette hasn't done enough for me to be out here talking about. Oh man, we need to get him. I mean, I'm sorry, but he hasn't done enough for me. I mean, we're basically anybody I feel like that's saying that we need to get Leonard Fournette right now. It just is because of nostalgia purposes. Like you just like the guy. He went to LSU. Oh, he a beast. Like, come on, man. Like, knock it off. Like, man, that dude. Like, right now, in my opinion, he a team killer. Jermaine says sometimes players only perform when they are happy with their environment. I would at least try him for a year uh, just to see his performance. Man, Tremaine, I'm about to break it down for you, man. I can't take that. You know, I, I respect your opinion, but me personally, I can't take that. When your team is dominant and, you know what I'm saying, you're leading the league in sacks and, and you have, uh, you know what I'm saying, your team is known as Saxonville and they're actually leaning on you. You're being the bell cow. You are the guy, okay? Think about this. If you are a player in the National Football League, the one thing that you want is to be one of the main reasons why your team is successful. For all my people that ever played organized sports, you wanted to be that guy. Rather, it was you playing basketball and you working on those three-point shots in the park. You wanted to be the guy that the team can lean on in clutch situations to shoot that three to make it, to give your team that lead or give the team the win. If you played football, Whatever position that you played, you wanted to be the deciding factor to help that your team be successful, to get over that hump, if you will. Leonard Fournette was the bell cow back. Can we all agree that Blake Bortles was a bust, okay? Blake Bortles couldn't hit the back of a barn door. He couldn't hit water in a boat, okay? So the fact is, Leonard Fournette was the guy that the Jacksonville Jaguars leaned on. Tom Coughlin who was the president of operations, drafted Leonard Fournette so they can have a power O offense. You know what I'm saying? Running the football, controlling the time of possession, and playing good defense. I'm sorry, but the fact of the matter is this. He was the guy. So what in the world do you have to complain about? You were the fourth pick in the draft. So what do you have to complain about? So I'm telling you. We can say, oh, man, it's about environments and he wasn't happy and all that kind of stuff. What makes it, I mean, what what's going to make him more happy in New Orleans than he would be in Jacksonville? Because as much as we talk about how the Saints don't run the football, as much as we talk about how Saints need to run the football, run the ball, run the football, how in the world is he going to be more happy in New Orleans than he is in Jacksonville? Oh, because he went, well, he was winning in Jacksonville. They were winning. They were a game away from the Super Bowl. So how much happiness can the Saints generate for Leonard Fournette? Oh, he back at home. He around people that he recognized. That still ain't going to be enough. You can look. You can say what's up to your boys all you want to, okay? But at the end of the day, when you hit the Superdome and you're only getting about 9 or 10 carries, I mean, how happy is he going to be? It takes a special type of human being. It takes a special type of player to play in the New Orleans Saints offense. I, I don't think people understand this. You might have 120 yards one week and then have 19 the next. You might rush for 110 yards one week and have 23 yards the next. 
how happy can you think a guy like Leonard Fournette, who I see as a guy that wants to be the center of attention and wants to be that, that integral part to a team's success, how happy is he going to be in an offense where he barely is going to get the football? So, Jermaine, you know what I'm saying? I understand what you're saying. I feel you. You're entitled to your opinion. But I'm saying I don't know if New Orleans will bring him the type of happiness that a team that was willing to give you the ball 20, 25 times a game to prove to the NFL, to prove to all the sports media people out there that you are the guy and you have not lived up to expectations. So I'm sorry, but I don't think that's what it is. Jerry says, remember the Joe Burrow uh, Express. Uh, that didn't happen. Same with the Fournette Express. Same scenario. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I just feel like a lot of things, a lot of things with uh, Leonard Fournette, I mean, his whole entire career, his whole entire life, he has been catered to. And maybe, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Like, I, I'm 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 feeling I'm sensing a lot of Vince Young up in this thing. Like I'm, I'm serious, I'm sensing a lot of Vince Young. You know, like Vince Young. I mean, lived in a Houston area. People singing his praises. Oh Vince, oh Vince. You know, what I'm saying he go to the University of Texas and single-handedly bring a national championship to Texas, beating the USC Trojans. Oh Vince, oh you know, what I'm saying he end up getting drafted. You know, what I'm saying going to the Tennessee Titans. People bowing down to him. He was rookie of the year, just like Leonard Fournette. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't rookie of the year, but he had a really good season. And then all of a sudden he just fell off the face of the earth because people started to criticize him, because people started to hold him accountable for some of his actions. I'm sensing a lot of Vince Young here. Some players, some players, folks, you know, they, they need somebody to be patting them on the back and telling them how great they are. And when people aren't, they don't know how to react to it because that's how it's always been their entire life. I feel like everything has been catered to Leonard Fournette. I mean, think about this. Leonard Fournette uh, football games were being played on ESPN. They was giving him the the, the Sebastian Telfair, LeBron James type of uh, treatment. You know what I'm saying? You remember when when LeBron games, when he went to St. Vincent, was all up on the TV? It was the same way with Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette was at the All-Star game, you know what I'm saying, for high school and stuff. That was on national TV. A lot of the games where he played at LSU, even though at this time, as much as I like LSU, they weren't, you know what I'm saying, the LSU that we see right now. They were like middle of the pack when it comes to the SEC. But the games were still on the TV. So the thing about it is he's always been an alarm light. So now you go to a team that has been a struggling franchise. You go to a team where people aren't going to be holding your hand and telling you how great you are. They expect results. They pick you number four in, in, the, in the first round of the draft, and they hold you accountable. Now, all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, uh, what, what happened? You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you get mad because they because they hold you accountable? Because these people want to return on their investment? And they're not, you know what I'm saying? They're not understanding the fact that you're showing up late. They're not understanding the fact that you want to get in fights on the sidelines. Like, give me a break, man. Give me a break. And anybody that's watching this probably think I don't like the dude. I, I I like him. You know what I'm saying? I want to see him succeed. But I'm only going by what I see right now. And right now, I wouldn't want him nowhere near my team. I wouldn't. Leonard Fournette has to learn to be a leader. He has to. He has to learn to be a leader. And he definitely has to learn to take, you know what I'm saying, to be able to. He, he has to learn how to take accountability. 
He has to. Mike says, uh, I'm very impressed to hear what our defense is doing this year and all the talk in training camp. Also, TJ, uh, you hear about Drew completing a deep ball uh, in the light scrimmage. Yeah, I heard about that. You know, I heard about that. He threw a couple of yard, um, 50 yard passes or whatever like that, 50 yard bombs down the field. Yeah, I heard about that, you know, but I need to see it in real time. You know, like it's, it's one thing a guy standing stationary, no, nobody going to hit you and you throw the ball down the field. And, you know, I do think that it's impressive. I don't want nobody to be like, man, he ain't no Drew Brees, man. He don't like Drew. Like, man, I love Drew. Okay, but I need to see it in real time. I need to see it in real time. Uh, Chris says, we're going to be real nasty this year. Can't wait to see ID this year. Yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully they can uh, be able to channel what we're hearing about uh, the videos that we're seeing. Hopefully we can see that in the regular season. LSU is different from the time he was there. LSU is a passing football team now. Yeah, that's true, Donald. They are a passing football team now, but at the same time, they were a running team when he was there. And what does he play? He plays running back. So, I, I mean, it was catered to him. It, the offense of the LSU Tigers was catered to him. So, I don't know. Jermaine says, TJ, that's true. We sometimes forget how young these athletes are. They're under 30. Sometimes you don't learn that people uh, may harshly criticize or may never like you until about 26. <laughs> uh, Jermaine, I mean, that's true, man. These guys are young. You know, they, they are young. And I, I can only imagine, man, just imagine you go from probably having $150 in your account that your mama probably uh, spent, you know what I'm saying, gave you, gave you her last. You wake up one morning, all of a sudden you got 1.5 a uh, uh, 10.5 or $20.5 million in your bank account. Like I can understand the emotions that you have to be going through, you know what I'm saying? In order for that to be happening in your life. But at the same time, man, you have to learn how to grow up. You know, you got to learn that, you know, teams are expecting you to be professional. Like I, I, that's why I have a lot of respect for people like Saquon Barkley, man, who came out of Penn state. Saquon Barkley is a guy who was dominant in college. Uh, you know what I'm saying? For the most part, he does his thing in the pros. And um, he, he's a leader, man. There's a reason why he got a C on his chest in his second year. You don't see Saquon Barkley out here, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, just trying to be the center of attention. Most of the time, you know what I'm saying, he don't even really celebrate inside the end zone. And I'm not saying because you celebrate in the end zone mean you're not a leader. What I'm saying is the guy, you know what I'm saying, understands, like, he has to be the leader. He understands that, you know, he don't have to be the center of attention, that he can't be a team player and stand out at the same time. You know, so I don't know, man. Some of those guys come in into the league learning that or have learned it already. And then you got other guys who still got that look at me type mentality and want to floss and flex on everybody, you know what I'm saying, which, you know, eventually, hopefully, you know what I'm saying, they kind of cool, cool down from that and realize that, you don't have to do that in order for you to be noticed. Uh, Donald says, Leonard Fournette is a down hard running back, not pass catcher. Great power back like a truck. Yeah, that's why I feel like he needs to go into an offense that is going to cater to his skill set. And also he needs to go into a locker room where they already have leaders. See, this is the thing about the the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, they had great guys and, and uh, NFL man of the years like, like Calais Campbell, but 
I mean, besides Calais Campbell, I mean, who else did you have in there? A lot of those guys were young. They came into the league at the same time, and they're learning to be professionals. You know, they're learning to be professionals at the same time. So you don't have a guy that can kind of help you through the process. I mean, who is who is Leonard Fournette going to look at? T.J. Yeldon? You know what I'm saying? Like, who is he? I mean, honestly, you know, he's the reason why, you know, like T.J. Yeldon is the reason why Leonard Fournette is there because, you know what I'm saying, he can't really do his job fully. So who, who can he, they really lean on when you got all those young players on the team? If you look at the way that the Jacksonville Jaguars have restructured their team over these last couple of years, the people that have been in the news, the most outspoken people, the cast, the characters that they have, none of them are still there. Jalen Ramsey is gone. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I think Ngakwe is gone. You know what I'm saying? You got Leonard Fournette gone. These are the guys that have been the usual suspects when – situations have been going down in Jacksonville. These have been the guys that have been in the news and they have gotten rid of those guys and look no further than the saints a couple years ago, right? The saints had a, a toxic locker room. Do y'all understand that who that nation, the saints had a toxic locker room from junior Gillette, from Brandon Browner, from Brandon cooks. You know what I'm saying? Like all those guys that were in the locker room causing trouble, you know what I'm saying? Causing whips. It got to a point, if you go back, and I encourage you, check it out on YouTube. Go look at Drew Brees on the Rich Eisen show. Talk about how he thought about retiring after the 2016 season because of the locker room and the bad apples in the locker room. Like go back and look at it. Don't take TJ Jones' word for it. Go look at Drew Brees, the leader of your team. I go back to say this. You need a balance in the locker room, folks. And when you have a bunch of young guys learning to be professionals together, that's a recipe for disaster. That is one of the reasons why I am happy that the Saints actually restructured their locker room. And if you look at the Saints locker room, it's almost like a revolving door of leadership that is taking place here, right? So let's just say, for example, when, when Drew Brees retires, you, you know you have a leader like Demario Davis. Why? Because when Drew Brees was hurt for five weeks and he wasn't around the team, who was in the middle of the circle? Talking about we prowl, we eat, we kill. It was Demario Davis. Who was taking over leads in the interviews? It was Teron Armstead and Cam Jordan. You have to say that you have to be proud. You got to be proud at what you feel the New Orleans Saints is going to be in the future from a, from a leadership standpoint, from an accountability standpoint. You know once Drew Brees decides to hang up the cleats, you got Demario Davis, you got Cam Jordan, you got Teron Armstead, you got emerging Michael Thomas, you got an emerging, you know what I'm saying, Lattimore. You got guys that are starting to learn how to be leaders, that are falling into that leadership role. So once Drew Brees is gone, you got another guy that can step up, and so on and so forth. The Saints have built a chemistry and, and, and you know what I'm saying, and, and, a, and a kinship inside of their locker room that the Jacksonville Jaguars wish they could have. Doug Marone had to get rid of those guys because his message was going on deaf ears because those guys were not team guys, in my opinion. They were me guys, okay? And when they look at a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars, they look at a team that has been a struggling franchise over the past 15 years, and you drafted me. So I, 
not the team, so I can change the culture of the team. And when you have guys like that in your locker room, it's only a matter of time before you're picking in the top 10 in the draft. So that is the main reason why I'm saying this, folks. It's not always about talent and skill. It's about what type of human being you're bringing into this locker room. Because you can have all the skills in the world, but it's only a matter of time before those apples inside of that locker room start spoiling the bunch. Before for sides, or, or, you know what I'm saying, for battle lines have been drawn. I'm on this side, on that side. It's only a matter of time. So why cause yourself that type of trouble by bringing people like that into the locker room? Save yourself the time. Save yourself the drama. Period. You have to get the bad apples out to have a great team. That That's true. William, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, my brother. You got to be able to get rid of those bad apples. Like, it, it's not always about talent. It's not always about that. Folks, like, I mean, there's so many guys that are talented, man, but they can't get out of their own way. They can't get out of their own way from reaching their full potential. Okay? You got to be able to be a leader. Team, you know what I'm saying? Teammates are going to have to be able to tolerate you. And everybody, you know what I'm saying? Like, everybody got an ego in the NFL. It's true. All of them got an ego. Anybody say, oh, man, you know, this person, man, they unself. Man, please, if you're great, you're selfish. You're, you know what I'm saying? You may not be selfish to a point where, you know, you dismissing the media or you dismissing your team, but you have to have a level of selfishness in order for you to be great, but you got to be able to channel, channel that selfishness. It can't be about you all the time. It got to be about the team first. Okay? I mean, it's okay for you to be selfish when it comes to wanting to be great for, you know, like, I mean, you hear all the time about the, you know what I'm saying, some of those great players, you know, how much they have to sacrifice some of the things in their life, rather it be relationships, you know what I'm saying, rather it be time spent with their friends, you know what I'm saying, because they're working out or they're trying to do those little things to get themselves to that elite level. There has to be a level of selfishness, but it cannot be the type of selfishness where your teammates just despise you so much that they don't even want to be around you. You got to be able to channel that, folks. That's how you generate success. Tro says Pelican uh, Nola was uh, going to have the number one uh, pass defense when we signed 800-year-old Champ Bailey. <laughs> right, man. I mean, nostalgia. You know, nostalgia. Wow, John Thompson died. I missed his uh, his commentary on the game. Yeah, uh, TJ, man, rest in peace to uh, former Georgetown Hoyer coach, John Thompson. Um, man, we all know, you know, especially if you grew up in the 90s, uh, you know what I'm saying, uh, the mid-80s and stuff like that, like you knew what John Thompson actually meant uh, to college basketball as well as, uh, you know, African-Americans, man, like, to see a, a guy that looks like us perform at a high level, uh, teach these basketball players how to be men. I mean, we all know about some of the great players that he had, you know, on, on his squad. I mean, we know about uh, people like Patrick Ewing. Uh, we know about Allen Iverson, man. I think, you know, if I'm not mistaken, I think Alonzo Mourning played for him. I mean, you had like so many other great players that were out there that he inspired, man. If they didn't end up going to the NBA, they end up being coaches. Uh, so John Thompson is a guy that a lot of people respect. 
you know, is and he's definitely going to be missed, you know, because uh, he was an incredible coach and an even incredible human being for everybody that that um, talks about him. So definitely, man, definitely rest in peace to John Thompson. Great coach. What is Leonard Fournette's uh, disconnect? Is he wanting more money? Uh, is he wanting an already winning organization? Is he wanting a different offense? Is he critical over te uh, teammates or coaches? You know what, Jermaine? I don't know. I don't know what his problem is. I really don't. I don't know uh, what his problem is. You, I, I don't know, man. This is just me, okay? This is just me. I, I don't feel like there's a, any greater feeling for a team to draft you and you go into a struggling franchise and they're drafting you with the highest draft pick they have, okay? The fourth pick in a the draft. They are choosing you to change the narrative about what people think about Jacksonville Jaguar football. I mean, me personally, man, like I would, I would, I would wear that as a badge of honor. And I definitely will try to do everything in my power to be that catalyst for change. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, that's just me. But sometimes people don't look at it that way. They look at it like, man, they need me. You know, like, man, y'all want nothing without me. They go David Ruffin on you. You know what I'm saying? Like, for those that never checked out the Temptation movie, David Ruffin uh, was a guy that the Temptations end up uh, signing to them once uh, their lead singer got into it with one of the people inside of the group, right? And David Ruffin came in. And when David Ruffin came in, they got their very first number one hit in my girl. Then all of a sudden, David Ruffin just lost his mind, started telling them it's about me, started showing up late, wanting the spotlight on him. You know, like, you cannot be a David Ruffin, you know what I'm saying, in, in an organization that involves temptation. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't do that. You cannot be David Ruffin, okay? You cannot live your life like David Ruffin. You know what I'm saying? Like, like on the field or off the field. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but seriously, man, like, you cannot uh, have this like type of arrogance about you like it's all about me. You know, you can't. It's not gonna. It's not gonna happen, man. <laughs> like, you're not gonna win anything. It's a great honor for a team to select you that high. And you know, man, I would. Man, I would. I don't know. That's just me. I guess it's just the pride in me or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Have a question, TJ. Why Malcolm Jenkins and Alvin Kamara not practice, or they think uh, about sitting this year? I don't. Nah, nah, nah. It's nothing like that, Mike. It's nothing like that. You guys understand. Um, Malcolm Jenkins is old. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if you want to, like, look at football years, he's old, man. And the Saints want to make sure that, you know, they, they're careful with him. And the thing about Malcolm Jenkins, this isn't like he was talking about Saquon Hampton or something like that, a guy who needs reps in order for him to get better. I mean, he's a quick study. Malcolm Jenkins is a quick study. I mean, I don't think there's an offense that he hasn't seen. And um, I think the Saints understand that. I think they understand that they drafted him. So it's not like they don't know his tendencies or who he is as a person. So I think that was more of a, a business decision, if you will. As far as Alvin Kamara, man, I will say this. Um, one of the, uh, one of the reporters asked Sean Payton, uh, they asked him, 
you know, is Alvin Kamara sitting out having something to do with injury? He did not confirm nor deny that it, it didn't. So, I mean, take it for what it is. Maybe he dealing with something. Maybe it's something nagging. I mean, I know he had a stomach bug a couple um, a couple of days ago. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know, man. But I, I think we all know what Alvin Kamara is too. So, I think by Alvin Kamara being out, it helps guys like Latavius Murray and, and Ty Montgomery get reps. So I'm not mad at that. As long as he's there for week one. Uh, TJ says, what are you saying about uh, Fournette? Seems to be a pattern with players coming out of LSU. Uh, TJ, what I'm saying about him is he needs to grow up. I mean, he needs to grow up and understands the 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 magnitude of the responsibility that has been presented in front of him. I mean, it, it's just as simple as that. Like, he, he has a lot of growing up to do. And uh, I think that the Jacksonville Jaguars tried to shop around, shop him around before they actually decided to waive him. And nobody wanted to pick him up. And if that ain't humbling, I don't know what is. So that is like teams, that's like your team, as well as other NFL teams telling you, we need to see more out of you. And you can't just make it off what you did in, in college. You just can't. You know what I mean? Like you have all the talent in the world, but if you're not being responsible off the field, taking care of your body, uh, making sure that you're not in any type of trouble. If you're not being a professional, showing up on time, uh, staying, staying later to find out the little small things that you can work on, teams don't want anything to do with you. You can have all the talent in the world. You can have an arm like Patrick Mahomes. You can have the accuracy of Drew Brees. You can have the, the tackling, breaking ability of a Derrick Henry. You can have the elusiveness of a, you know, of a Barry Sanders. Uh, you can have the hands of a Michael Thomas or Larry Fitzgerald, you know, but if you're not doing the little things to keep yourself in that position, teams aren't going to want to have anything to do with you. So this is a wake-up call for him. But the lucky thing about this is he's young. So he still has an opportunity to change the narrative about himself. I mean, we've seen this with Von Miller, right? Von Miller uh, was not one guy who was getting in trouble off the field and, and, and not being a professional and then, you know, he end up, uh, you know, having to have a, a conversation with some veterans and stuff like that, and what is expected out of them, expected out of him. And you haven't heard anything else from Von Miller. I mean, he's been carrying himself as a leader, an outstanding citizen in the NFL. So he can change the narrative, man. It's not too late for him, but he needs to make sure that he's handling up on his business. Brandon Williams says. I agree as far as Leonard Fournette goes. However, I do think we need a better power run option to pair with Kamara unless Murray goes nuts this year. Brandon, um, I, me personally, I feel like the reason why we didn't see this is because the Saints haven't used him. They didn't use him. They have not used Latavius Murray the way that you should be using a guy, you know what I'm saying, like that is a power runner. I haven't seen enough out of him for me to say, oh, somebody better than him. He hasn't got an opportunity. He has not gotten an opportunity to step on the field, handle up on his business, and, 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 and also give us a good sample size of 
is this guy the guy or he's not the guy? I feel like anybody that's being critical of Latavius Murray is being unfair. Because the guy, when he comes into the game, he shows flashes. Anytime Sean Payton has asked Latavius Murray to answer the call, he has. We've seen it in a Houston-Texan game, right? He was barely even used in that game. But he kicked off a 31-yard touchdown. When Alvin Kamara was out for those two games, he ran for 100-plus yards in two weeks. So anybody that's saying that Latavius Murray may not be the answer, I would have to say, when was the question asked? Because he didn't get the opportunity to show us anything. If, if Latavius Murray was to be a part of the offense, if he was to go out there and be a part of the offense, and he got to a point where, you know, he wasn't doing the job. Then we can be like, man, I think we need to go, on, uh, go another route. But we haven't seen enough. Like, we basically just going off the fact that he's been on the sidelines. And that's not his fault. Anybody that's been following Latavius Murray since he's been in Oakland, you know. If you get this guy an opportunity, he's going to seize the opportunity. So I, I can't take that. I really can't. But, folks, I'm about to go ahead and get up out of here, man. I just wanted to answer that question about Leonard Fournette. But I encourage you all to check out the State of the Saints podcast tonight at 7 Eastern, 6, uh, 6 Pacific, <laughs> 6 Central. Uh, of the State of the Saints podcast will have a special guest, NFL Network reporter Steve Weiss will be on the show. And on um, this show, we're probably going to be talking about the Saints, but I'm really going to be asking a question about the NFC South and other things going on in the NFL, you know what I'm saying? So, if you are a fan of the New Orleans Saints, and I know you have some people that follow the state of the Saints that's not a fan of the New Orleans Saints, you can check it out, man. It's going to probably be one of the most universal interviews that I've done due to the fact that, I mean, he worked for the NFL Network, so he has more clarity about different teams. So check it out, man. 7 Eastern, 6 Central, the State of the Saints podcast, special guest Steve Weiss. Y'all have a great day, evening, night. Thank you for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. And like always, all I got to say is, who that?